What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Learn Lead Podcast. As we speak, I'm actually packing up my bags to do another trip to Delaware to go hang out with my boy Landon. Just had his birthday. How we doing, Mr. Dumber24? How we doing? Dude, we had a great time last week, you coming down. Enjoyed my birthday with all my friends and family. Really grateful for all the birthday wishes that everybody reached out and, and wished me a happy birthday. I really appreciate everybody. Um, and uh, I'm really excited for this interview, especially for, for all the all the MDs and, and doctors, as well as medical professionals that listen to this podcast. Yeah, we had an awesome interview from a, a marker that I had no idea even existed until we started speaking about it. Dr. Paul Thomas does such a great job with his business at Plum Health Direct Primary Care. Uh, I believe he's based out of Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. And what they do is basically a subscription-based model for healthcare, making it so much more affordable, a no-brainer at this point. And I, I just can't even begin to explain how big this is and how big of a disruption it is to the industry. Yeah, and, and I won't steal any thunder or, or talk about you know the value that this provides. Dr. Paul Thomas does a great job doing it. So I would say this, I you know, for anybody listening that hasn't heard of this, I know when I first ran into to Paul, it was my first time hearing about this structure. And, and I think it has a very futuristic um, and, and nuanced uh, drive forward for what is to come in healthcare. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only reason a lot of doctors don't do this is because of the 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 need to it's tougher to build up a sustainable practice with a subscription-based model, but it's so much more integrity-based and just providing so much more value of a service and one-on-one with clients instead of just thinking of people as numbers. And so he does such a great job of just being personable, and I don't want like you said, I don't want to steal his thunder and let's just get right into it because I know usually we do about a 10-minute segment I want you guys to really get all the value as possible out of this and maybe even make your own decision to go to a direct primary care in the future. So with that being said, guys, enjoy the episode. If you got any feedback, let us know. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Dr. Paul Thomas with us today with Plum Health Direct Primary Care. I'm really excited for this one, and and it's a little bit of a personal, uh, maybe a little bit of a selfish uh, interest that I have in the fact that my, my firm that I work with, we work with a lot of physicians and I have a lot of physicians that listen to this podcast. So um, I, I came across uh, Dr. Thomas on LinkedIn and saw his, 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 his practice and the way he's running his practice. I think, you know, from a personal opinionated standpoint is the future or can be the future of direct primary care or of primary care. And, and, and Dr. Thomas, I'll let you kind of tell your story and talk about um, the platform that you've developed and, and the practice that you're running and why it's different from everywhere else. Thanks for having me on, Landon. It's great to be here. I appreciate the kind words. You know, I believe that healthcare should be affordable and accessible for everyone. And that's really the foundation on which we've built our business and our practice. And what that looks like is that we offer a membership model for healthcare. So our patients pay about $50 a month and they can come in and see us anytime they need to. They also have our cell phone numbers so they can call or text us anytime and email us anytime. And then we save our folks about 50 to 90% on any meds, labs, or imaging services that we give or prescribe here in the office. So now when you're with this membership, it has to be someone that comes to you, right? So there's no outside health insurance that's, uh, that's involved in this. They have to live near your facility? Um, most of the time, we do have some out-of-state patients. Um, we have to have a genuine relationship with them. So you know, we are able to see 
patients via telemedicine, but typically our patients are living locally uh, within perhaps 30 miles of the clinic are the vast majority of our patients, 99%. When did you start this venture and how have you seen, how has the growth look like for you? Uh, we started this in November of 2016 and we've had continuous growth of about 30 to 35 new members signing up each month. Um, so I started out um, with zero patients in my first month and here we are in 2020 and we have around 830 patients. I have a full panel of about 465 patients. My practice partner, Dr. Raquel Orlick, has about 330, getting close to 350 patients. And we're growing uh, day by day. And just for context, um, mm -hmm. a typical direct primary care doctor has about 500 patients in total, whereas a typical fee-for-service or insurance-based doctor has about um, 2,400 patients in their panel. So a typical doctor is going to see about 1% of their panel each day. For us, that's five patient visits a day, meaning we can spend 30 minutes to an hour with each of our patients. And for the fee-for-service doctor, they have about 8 to 20 minutes per patient because they have to run through 20 to 30 patients each day. From a capacity standpoint, how do you see, as, as this grows, how do, you, how do you plan to pivot and adjust and, and grow um, internally within your staff? Yeah, so we keep hiring new doctors um, to keep up with the demand. So we hired a new doctor um, in July 2019, Dr. Raquel Orlick, and she's built a nice panel so far of 330 patients. We hired a third doctor for our practice um, July 2020, and she has a, around 25, 30 patients right now. So we're you know, slowly building up that way. Because you know these things take time um, to scale up because you're really building human relationships between a caring physician and a patient that wants a deeper relationship with their doctor for better health. Absolutely. I, th I wish we had this where I live. And uh, so I, what I wanted to ask is what is some of the pushback that you experience from both patients and other doctors as to why they wouldn't go with this as opposed to conventional healthcare? Sure. Um, you know, a lot of people call our office and say, what do you mean you don't take my insurance? And I'll say something like, you know, while we don't bill or use insurance, we do provide a tremendous service for our patients. And you can look at our reviews on Google and you can see that we have just about 75 star reviews for our practice here in Detroit. And that's because we go above and beyond for our patients. We have 30 minutes to just fully listen to them and understand who they are and what they're coming from. And once they hear that message from me, they're like, okay, I kind of get it. Maybe I'll make an appointment for with you. Um, but for the vast majority of people who call, like they, they say, you know, I'm going to find another fee-for-service doctor. And it kind of gets mm -hmm. to this 80-20 rule. I think 80% of people in the population are really satisfied with their health insurance plan, whereas 20% of patients in the ecosystem want somebody that listens to them, that actually cares for them, that understands them and their family, their history, where they're coming from, and where they want to go with their health goals. And then you can look at the physician side of this, the supply side of it, in a similar way. I think 80% of doctors are really risk averse and they follow the straight line through undergraduate medical school and residency and they're just looking to get paid and they want to sign the contract for, you know, 180 or $200,000 a year and put any of this risk of like starting their own practice to the side and not even think about it. But then you have 20% of doctors who are feeling trapped in the insurance-based system and wanting to provide 
that excellent care and service that they they know that they're capable of. They just need to find the right business plan to do it. And and so specifically, could you talk about the services that you're providing to your patients? Because you're, I, I watched a video on you and you were on the news and talking about how you don't recommend not having any health insurance. It's not that. It's just there. It's there's a value that you guys provide that ultimately is going to save a lot of cost and 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 drive people forward in a more cost benefited way and 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 still cared for properly. Sure. You know, when he starts, when he come into our office, you know, I'm going to meet you at the door. Um, I'm going to walk you back to your exam room. I'm going to greet you by your first name because I know who you are. And you might call me Paul or Dr. Paul or Dr. Thomas, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, we get your vital signs. Then we have 30 minutes to an hour just to chat, take care of your medical concerns and make sure that we can be comprehensive in your care plan. And that's something other doctors can't offer. I walk my patients out. I hold the door for to them on the way out so that they can use the hand sanitizer on the way out the door and not have to touch a door handle when they leave. You know, it's a little things like that, that just put our service a cut above anybody else. Um, and it's, and, and it's and the, that's why the monthly membership. Yeah. And it's the monthly membership model, right? What does that subscription model look like? Um, if I want to become a patient today, what, what does that look like for me from a, from a cost standpoint? Is there a sign up fee? Um, how does all that work? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about the greater context of health insurance for millions of Americans. So if you earn less than $17,000 a year, you're automatically disqualified. Uh, Sorry, if you earn more than $17,000 a year, you're automatically disqualified from Medicaid here in Michigan. Now that varies state by state. So let's say you're a bartender and you make $24,000 a year from your paycheck. You just got disqualified from Medicaid, but you probably don't earn enough money to pay for private health insurance, which could be $300 or $350 a month. So you're looking at that, buying a $300 a month you know, cut rate basic insurance plan with a $6,500 deductible. Or you can use our service and pay $50 a month or you know, it's technically $49 a month or $588 a year and have excellent service where you have a doctor that you can text or visit anytime you need to. Now, does my membership monthly contribution, does that vary based on my, my health or is that standard just within age ranges? Yeah, it's standard within age ranges. For us, it's $10 a month for children, uh, $49 a month for 18 to 40-year-olds, $69 a month for 40 to 65-year-olds. And then if you're over 65, it's $89 a month. And what are some of the the alt- other costs that we're paying? So like I, now I have the membership and then I go to you for primary care. What are what what else am I paying for when you're doing things? And sure, you do, you don't pay for visits, and then a lot of our procedures are included. So I've had a you know a chef cut his finger, and he came in and I sewed it up, and there was no additional charge because he's been a member with us for a year now, and you know it's just part of the service. It technically costs about twenty dollars for the suture material and the suture kit, but you know I'm not going to nickel and dime people for little things like that. And what would you be paying outside? Let's say you didn't have this membership and went through health insurance, stuff like that. Well, if you went to the ER, it would have been $2,000 because you have a $500 per hour room charge, you know, $300 for the doctor, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so Mm -hmm. it can be very costly. Or if you go to the urgent care, it could be $200. Um, So, you know, the membership pays for itself if, if you have an injury like that and we come and take care of it for you abscess drainage we 
replace and remove IUDs. We do pap testing, et cetera. Now, you'll, you'll pay for pathology. So if we do a biopsy, we don't charge patients in our office, but the pathologist may charge them $70 for the, the tissue sample. Just like likewise for the pap test, it's we don't charge people to perform the pap test because it just takes a little bit of time, but you'll get a $30 charge for the, the pap reading from the pathologist. And then mm-hmm. people are also paying for lab work and medications in our office. So this morning I, I gave somebody a steroid cream that might have been $20 at the pharmacy and it was $3 at our office. And then we did annual lab work for this patient, which could have cost $500 at the hospital. And in total, it was $31 for all those labs here at our office. That's what I was going to, that's what I was going to lead into was, um, the prescription world. What is, could you give us just kind of your overall take on it and the benefit of working with a practice like yourself versus the the traditional way the the dollars that people will save? We've already kind of talked a little bit about it. Would you be able to talk about the pharma companies as a whole and just the industry as a whole from from a prescription standpoint? Sure. I mean, it's really, it's a shame the way prescription covered coverage is handled in our country where you have a, an insurance company that's only going to pay for X amount of prescriptions on their list. And then they work with a pharmacy benefits manager, which inflates the cost of your prescriptions. And there used to be gag orders on pharmacists until like last year, where a pharmacist could not offer you the cash price for a prescription, even if it was less expensive than what the insurance company was offering for. So let's say you want to fill your lisinopril for your blood pressure. It costs one cent per pill at our office. So it's 30 cents for one month supply. If you use your health insurance, it's going to be a $10 copay. And the pharmacist could give it to you for about four or $5. However, the, there's a gag order where the pharmacist can't tell you that. So you end up paying the $10 using your insurance. Yeah, that's the environment where we're working in. So we're clearly providing people a ton of value and that's why we're successful. We're peeling back the curtain and just showing people that your medications don't cost that much money. And in fact, we've saved people their entire membership on prescriptions alone. So let's say you have high blood pressure and diabetes. You take three meds for your blood pressure and two medicines for your diabetes. That's, that's easily a $50 copay, sometimes $80 or $100 each month for those prescriptions. And then you come to our, our office and all those meds cost you know, $5 for a month supply, maybe $15 for a three-month supply. Um, and that's where people are like, okay, I get it now. I mean, this is a major disruption to the healthcare industry. And I'm sure that these pharma companies and the insurance companies are not happy about this. But do you have a plan to expand this into all of America, or are you just trying to stay within your your zone in Michigan? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, right now we are we have one office in Detroit and one office in Farmington Hills, which is suburban Detroit, and uh, we plan on growing as long as it makes sense, you know. And and logically, we're just trying to fill up a doctor's panel one at a time and get them the patients that they need to be happy and successful and thriving. And um, as long as it continues to make sense from from a business perspective, from our patient's perspective, and from the clinician's perspective, we'll we'll keep growing, keep serving people in this way. For the young physicians listening to this podcast, if they're listening to this and maybe this is the first time they've heard of this structure, what advice do you have to them if they're looking to start their own practice with a similar structure in their perspective areas in the country? Sure. I get this question all the time and doctors... 
I get maybe two emails a day from doctors asking how I did this or how I did that. So I really compiled all of those answers over the past three and a half, four years into a book that I wrote called Startup DPC, How to Start and Grow Your Direct Primary Care Practice. It's available on Amazon. You know, there's so much value that you can get from reading that. And um, I, I just put everything I got in there. You know, I've spoken at national conferences about this topic. And so I put a lot of that knowledge in there as well. Because uh, I want to see this movement grow across the country because I truly believe that this is an excellent form of healthcare delivery. I want this kind of uh, medicine for my friends, for my family members, for a broader community, and for our nation. So the more doctors who pick up the book and learn how to do this, um, the, the better off we'll be as a country because collectively we can lower the cost of healthcare and deliver it in a just and equitable and patient-centered manner. Before we hopped on here, I did a little research on you, and I know that you've done a TED Talk before, and I don't want to ask you to talk about what you talked about on there. I want our listeners to go listen to that TED Talk, but I had a question about just the logistics of that and how that experience was for you. How did, you, how did that opportunity present itself, and what was that process like you know, before you hopped on stage, and just what, what that experience is like from a speaker's standpoint? Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you do some research about me, you'll see I've won pitch competitions, I've won grant competitions. I've done a TED Talk, I've spoken at national conferences, I've done a lot of stuff, but like for every one of those, there are 10 rejections that you haven't heard about. Um, and so like, it was the same thing for the TED Talk. You know, I applied one year, I was re rejected, and then I got to know some of the people who run the organization. I volunteered with them, I had lunch with them, they got to know me, I applied again, I was selected, and I, I you know, gave a TED Talk. It was a lot of fun. I read a book about that, uh, Talk Like TED. Uh, I can't remember the author's name, but that was a great book that helped me prepare for that talk. And I had a lot of fun with it. I wish I could do it again. Um, maybe I'll apply for something like TED Med and get rejected and then apply again and get rejected and then apply again, and maybe get it the third time around. But uh, it'd be fun to do it again and um, fully invest in the the, the uh, session. One of the issues I had was that they had the dress rehearsal was the day of, and I totally felt like if I had that like a week before, I would have done a lot better. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of how it shakes out. You can't, can't go back and change things in the past. What's some advice that you have for young folks that are looking to get better at public speaking? Um, do it as often as you can. I mean, for me, I do as many podcast interviews as I can. I probably do one or two podcast interviews a week. I take as many presentation sessions as I can. Um, and then I apply for things on a national basis to hone my speaking skills and kind of be big in the moment. Um, so the more you do it, the smoother you'll sound and the better you'll be in these sorts of situations. Um, it's something I enjoy doing, but something that I was admittedly terrible at when I started out. And you know, every time I do something like this, I get better and better. Yeah, no, so true. I just want to circle back to the uh, the business model for a second. Would you Would it be safe to say that some of the pushback and reservations that other physicians have to turning to this business model would be upfront, probably not making as much money as they would if they went into the traditional model? Totally. Yeah. Doctors are really secure with an employed position. Um, and, and a lot of doctors can't wait for the day they graduate from residency and sign the contract for the six figure, you know, 200 to 300 to $400,000 a year contract that you can get depending on your specialty. And so, 
once you start receiving that sort of money, it's hard to give that up to go down to zero or way less than that to start your own practice that you're not sure is going to be successful. For me, I did this right out of residency and I was able to moonlight an urgent care to earn some side stream income. So it wasn't like I didn't have an income drop off, um, but it was definitely a risk, you know, and it took me, you know, two, two and a half years to get back to my full income or what I, you know, could be paid at. I signed the contract starting out, but, you know, more than that, I have the freedom to practice on my own terms. I get to deliver healthcare the way it should be. I get to work with happy and satisfied patients every day. And um, I kind of get to shed some of those feelings of burnout and, um, you know, a lot of the negative things that go along with the fee-for-service practice. How did this idea come to fruition for you uh, coming out of residency? Well, I just saw a lot of my uh, physician mentors in residency just beating their head against a wall about you know prior authorizations and paperwork and things they hated to do. And I knew that I didn't want to be like that when I was practicing. And I saw the writing on the wall of, of prior authorizations, documentation requirements, uh, electronic, electronic medical record requirements just getting higher and higher. And I just wanted no part of that. So I wrote a business plan in the last months of my residency. And then I took a road trip to visit some other doctors. And I took the best of what they were doing and brought it back to my clinic. I mean, this was some amazing stuff and the thought-provoking, very intriguing, and a disruption to the entire system. And just want to really thank you for providing value to us and showing us something that I've never even been aware of. And it's unfortunate that we're on somewhat of a bit of a time restriction. Is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we uh, wrap this up? Uh, yeah, you can find out more about us at PlumHealthDPC.com, um, or you can you know check out our Instagram page at PlumHealthDPC. Um, and then if you're looking for a direct primary care doctor or a doctor that does what I do in your community, there's actually a mapper online. Um, if you Google DPC mapper at the DPC frontier, you can see a map of all the direct primary care doctors across the country. When I first started, there were only 400 and now there's close to 1300. So, you know, we've had like a tripling of the number of doctors doing this over the last three to four years. Awesome. Well, Paul, we appreciate your time. And, and to, to close out here, this is, you know, the name of this podcast is the Learn Lead Podcast. So is there anything you want to leave our guests with motivation-wise or any, any life principles that you've, that you've carried through with your, your careers up to this point and anything you want to leave our guests with? Yeah, so this was a tough one for me as a physician because we're always taught like to make no mistakes and leave no stone unturned. But if you're trying to start and grow a successful business, it's more about, you know, done is better than perfect. And it's not the decisions, it's the decisiveness. So if you're hemming and hawing about making this decision, uh, the opportunity is going to pass you by. Boom. I love it. I love it. Everybody listening, have a great day. Paul, pleasure having you on. Have a great day, sir. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here um, and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks again, Paul.
thanks for tuning in to the Learn Lead Podcast, where you get to own your life. Stay tuned for our future guests coming soon. Make sure to like and subscribe.